I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Oh, my goodness. Greetings. Greetings. I was waiting for your follow up. Yeah, you've been saying it, it took all the me a moment. I don't even know where I was for that moment. Oh, you lost time. You I lost did. Time. Well, we know that happens. So, yes. Yeah, we're going to have yeah. to do a whole episode on lost time at some point. So, we, I, I think we touch it. It's multi dimensional, multi dimensional. Definitely all over the place. So, yes. Oh, oh my god! I I have some I have some news that made me laugh, but it also made me sad because we have somebody else in the traveler family that's experiencing a similar thing. Oh, so is this breaking news? It is breaking news. Okay, we're back from our friends at Paranormality Magazine. A Bigfoot hey. statue in Virginia has gone missing. What? Yeah. Here's the deal. It is a five foot tall, approximately 400 pound hand painted Sasquatch statue has gone missing from a residence in Catledge and the owners are seeking public assistance in bringing him back. The statue was taken from the front lawn of the house on Greenwich Road and discovered missing by Mary O'Brien, 35, who promptly turned to social media to share the news and appeal for its return. O'Brien emphasized the sentimental value of the statue and expressed for the desire to safe return without any questions asked. So um, here, here's the thing. Um, we had an alien. Do you remember the alien statue that was stolen from yeah. the woman who had um, uh, dementia and yes. it was found and returned? Yes, thankfully it was found and returned. And we also mentioned that our friends at Sci-Fi Barto, uh, Sean and Lori, their little alien statue has been stolen. And people thought it was a publicity stunt, but it is still stolen. And now the police are involved. So, wow. Well, the Bigfoot statue, she didn't involve the police. She's appealing to the public for help. Um, the fact of the matter is, uh, apparently, uh, they think it was an end of year prank for school students, That's- right? Well, a lot of these are, yeah. Which, but 400 pounds statue. That's a lot of work. That is so much work. And it was it, probably put somewhere deep in the woods just so that they could, you know, say, ah, we're scaring some crazy hunter and stuff. But it's sad because that, that those things are not inexpensive. And they are no, also. This, this one was beautiful. $600. Yeah. Yeah, I will say this, travelers, if you run across, there's a link in the notes, take a look at the picture. If you run across the statue of this Bigfoot, please reach out and let the authorities know so they can return it to the rightful owner. Again, don't steal people's stuff like that. Seriously, it's ridiculous. And And return our friends alien at Sci-Fi Barto. They're amazing people. Why the heck would you steal their alien? Why would you steal their alien? And and they've gotten some tips where people are like, hey, this looks like an alien that's in this one shop. It's not the same and all that. So, but feel free to you know report if you you know you saw one, you know, let it let them know because you know the police, like I said, are involved. Barto Police Department are involved in this. So, this is crazy. crazy. Not the Bigfoot, but the alien. But the alien, yeah. Not the Bigfoot. Apparently, uh, the police know. are not involved with our Bigfoot yet. But. but the Paranormality Mag article is linked, and if there are any updates, 
I'm sure the magazine will post them before, you know, before the podcast does. So. Exactly. Exactly. So Mark, what the heck are we talking about today? Oh, today I am taking you on another fun journey. This is one of the classic cases. In fact, it coins a term that we use to this day because of this case. And um, we're going to go way back. We're going to set our way back machine for August 21st of 1955. So, wow. Wow. Not, that is not, not Doc Brown's November 5th. Yeah, 1955. This is a little before then, but it is still a monumentous day. So, okay, what? Where are we going? We are going to Western Kentucky. Okay, and, not what I thought you were going to say, but okay. Yeah, and we are going to Christian County, Kentucky, and a strange encounter happens there that changes history forever. Okay. And, this is that level of stuff. Okay. Now Changes there is okay. one lady who is the expert on this because she was a firsthand witness. Her okay. name is Geraldine Sutton Stiff. And her father was Elmer Lucky Sutton. And she's spoken about this night so much. And she's also written several books on it. And um, so she is the definitive expert, right? There is no, no denying this, okay? Okay. There. So we are going to the town of Kelly, Kentucky. Okay. And it's just south of another town. Once I say this town's name, those in the know, if they haven't already figured it out or looked at the description of the episode. Yeah. They, no uh, cheating and looking at descriptions. I don't I get know. to do that. But uh, the next, the town right next to it is called Hopkinsville. Now, you're not familiar with this, as we said. No, before. not at all. I think you're going to love it. And for those of you who don't know this, just sit back and enjoy the tale, right? Okay. Uh, um, uh, of a three-hour tour. Sorry. Uh, okay, we're not <laughs> taking three hours on this tour of Kentucky, uh, no, are we? No. So these okay. are small rural communities, both Kelly and Hopkinsville have a single grocery store and a little small downtown area. Um, Was it a Piggly Wiggly? Because I feel like it should have been a Piggly Wiggly. I don't think so, but it should have been. You're right. Uh, but um, the, so the Sutton Farm okay. is just outside between the two, kind of in unincorporated Christian County. And so it's not close to either town center. And it is rural farm 1955 middle of nowhere okay and a one bedroom ranch house where two families are living because 1955 you know not exactly uh what where we're at now so uh okay. the suttons are living there uh that's elmer and his brother john okay and while they're there, they have another farm just a little bit away from them, uh, which is the Baker family. And they came over to hang out as well. And then there's also all the kids. There's several kids from both families playing okay. at this farm. Now, they're all there one night because this is 1955. We're not, you know, the, this family does not have television. This family does not have 
you know, really a radio much. And they're yeah. just kind of hanging out. You know, this is just what you do. And they're having a okay. nice dinner celebrating, you know, it's August. So they're celebrating the crop. And Billy Ray Baker was uh, is one of the family that's visiting. And he goes outside to draw water from the well. And he sees a meteor shower. And he's like, wow, this is amazing. And so he calls out. And so Elmer Sutton comes out to see what's taking so long with all the water. Okay. And then so he also let sees. Me, let, me, let me just yeah. make sure I'm on board with this. So we're all hanging out, having like a barbecue or something like that, right? Evening. And Baker is the neighbor to the Sutton farm. And they're visiting the Sutton farm. And Baker goes outside to get water and doesn't come back for a while because he's seeing a meteor shower. So one of the Suttons comes out to see the, and sees the meteor shower. Yep. Okay. Okay. So they're both looking at that and one meteor, and they're both just going, wow. Right. Mm -hmm. And then one meteor starts getting bigger and bigger. And then they realize, wait a minute, that's not a meteor. It's disc shaped. And it has like a rainbow tail. And then it slows down as it passes over them and then kind of goes over the hill behind them. Okay, I don't like this because I think I know what this is. I don't like this. All right. They start seeing a few more of these larger things that come down and slow down. And they are meteors, but they're even calling them flying saucers, which was a term that had been coined a couple years before. Um, and then they heard what they thought was the landing of the first craft. How many saucers do they have? Right now, they say about three or four, according to the okay. statements. And so they quickly pack the children off to bed, right? You guys, something, this is weird. Go to bed. All right. So they... <laughs> Hey, I'm just sorry. <laughs> right? 1955. Listen, yeah. kids, um, we're gonna need you to go to bed. So yeah, something, something weird's going on. We don't we don't need you guys out here. So the men now are like curious because now there's this strange glow coming from behind the hill. Yeah. And uh that's when it gets weird. Okay. How, why do you do that? Because it, it's already weird. No. It's still already weird. UFO sighting. That's not weird. That's normal. That is not normal. Okay. <laughs> Coming out of the woods towards their house. Oh, I don't like this at all. A strange figure. Okay. It is. They say it's not wearing any clothes. So but strange, it has naked silver figure? skin and two yellow giant eyes on the sides of its head. I literally thought you're going to switch this to like a silver surfer episode for a moment and yeah. not with the yellow eyes. Okay. All right. Got it. About three foot tall. Oh, that's not very big at all. Really long arms and short little legs. Okay. So almost, you know, like primate style in its appearance. 
Sounds like a guy I dated in the past. But it's not walking on the ground. It's floating at them. Oh, that's not good either. No. And it has a green glow about it. Okay. Green glow. And then it raises its arms. And their fingers, or they say fingers, looked like long, thin claws. Freddy Krueger style. What? As it's floating towards them. So the men run inside and warn their family. Um, I would hope so. There's this thing coming at us. It's flying at us. And no one believes him, right? So Lucky's mother, who still lives there, Glenny, she looks out the window of the door and sees it and says, it's coming closer. I want to clarify what standing you have to have with your family in this time period, because this is the 50s, right? Right. 55. That you come inside the house after sending the kids to bed because something's happening, right? So they're aware something's happening that you felt necessitated sending the children to bed. Then you come in there with this claim that there's this creature coming towards the house and mom's like, nah, I don't believe you. Is that, yeah. is that what we're saying is happening? That's what we're saying until she looks out the door. Okay. And guess what she sees? The little creature with the arms raised, floating at them with the yellow eyes and the glowing green. What does Do Ma not say? Have guns? Because I'd be getting a gun at this point. Guess what happens? The boys grab their guns. Because it's Kentucky. <laughs> I was going to say, farmers, Kentucky, we should have some guns. Guess what they do? Shoot it. They start shooting. Now, according to them, they hit it. And it backflips. Like, oh. does like a full backflip, but it didn't affect it at all. Well. All right. And it continues to float back towards them. So okay, what do they do at that That's not terrifying point? at all. They've got their shotguns. They open up, start blasting at these things. Okay. All right. So this fight, at this point, there's just wait, the wait, one. Wait, wait, wait. You just said things. Is there yes. one or more? There was only one at this point, but that's why I said things. Because guess what? A second one appears from the back window of the house. Oh, my that God. They- they're surrounded? They're surrounded. So now the gunfire through the window and the screen out the window. Oh my goodness. I well, the like kids this. are waking up because gunfire. Mm-hmm. The men are doing no damage to these things. They are all backflipping and then floating back at the house and raising their arms again. And now Okay, so you've you've fired, you've shot guns, you're, you know, these things are backflipping and flying at you. Hours pass of this gunfire. Now, our wonderful Geraldine, uh-huh, you know, this she's one of the kids who has gotten up and is watching the battle. Okay. Now this is where her accounts come in, where she's watched them 
firing at these creatures, these creatures bouncing and coming back and floating. And one leans down from the window, like from above, like it's up on the roof. Oh, no. And she sees its face with those big yellow eyes. And she says it had like, like, like it was like antenna coming out of the side of its head. And she thinks maybe the eyes, the yellow eyes were like goggles. And the yellow antenna was like part of a, like a helmet visor. And then it had this little small slit of a mouth. Okay. And she says they shot at that one and it flies away. This is not doing any good. They are now in a panic. So they grab the children Mm -hmm. and hurry them into their cars, uh, family trucks. I was going to say. And where do you go? You are a rural family, no phone, no light, no motor cars, not a single luxury. Well, they do have motor cars. So I was going to say motor cars. This is the 50s. Yeah. They might have had it. They might have had not a phone, I guess. That might have been too early to have a phone in the house. Yeah. Not because they didn't rural. have phones, but it's a rural. Yeah, yeah, they're a rural area. They also lived out there for a reason. They didn't want anything to do with I them. would assume, okay, so I guess right on the guns, I'm going to go with, they went to, I bet you're going to tell me we need to take a break, but the sheriff's office, that's what my guess is going to be. They went to the chief of police's house. Okay, okay. Because they knew where he lived. And we'll be back after this break. Eerie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What are those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan Spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncie, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. For the record, I think I should get points because yeah. I did say, say like police. the police. I, I, will, so, I will give you the point for that. We're not Jeopardy. We don't we don't penalize oh. you for spelling one extra in or one less in. Oh or, my god, that is there's a lot of controversy. That's a different yeah. subject. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so now they get to the 
police, chief of police's house. He takes them to the police station, Hopkinsville. And then they tell the story. Okay. And they are saying their guns are doing no damage to the aliens from Mars. Now, remember, this is just 10 or 20 years past H.G. Wells's War of the Worlds has panicked America back in the day. So 1952, we had a UFO flap that kind of made some papers. That's where the term flying saucer comes from. So that's why these guys kind of knew what aliens were. Yeah. Um, and so the police organize four police officers and they get five state troopers and they all go out to the Kelly Hopkinsville farm of the Sutton family. Wow. And they later are joined by a group of military police. Interesting. This is a this is actually a large reaction to this. Yeah, for something everybody's convinced is a hoax. Yeah, because I mean this is not a normal. I mean, when was Area 51? Area 51, we don't know when it officially started, but it would have been around now. But we do know, yeah, you know, Roswell was 47. Eight years before this okay so uh project blue book was apparently happening at this time but we're not 100 percent sure you and know, when was um, flatwoods well that was 1955 okay so we're right around the same well, time yeah, period yeah. so there is flatwoods a little is, bit of flatwoods is right around this same yeah era. so, so flatwoods, i'm sorry sorry uh 62 flatwoods sorry uh but um all in the same area same time frame Okay. So the police and the military get out there. The military originally described as Air Force, but later it turns out that they were just police officers from a nearby Air Force uh, Army base, Fort Campbell. Um, all the search of the property finds is shotgun casings and bullet holes and no signs of the aliens or a craft. But they do find this glowing liquid that okay. looks weird. Um but that's that's the only glow they find on the property. So there were 11 people in the house. If you count all the kids, everybody. And almost everybody, the Baker family, everybody is done at this point. After hours of the police searching the property, getting statements, military there, everybody goes home. Wow. Except for the Suttons. And they go to bed. Okay. And then a couple hours later, after they went to bed, they came back and they started shooting again at the little silver men. So the little silver men come back. Yeah. Do the ships come back or just the, the silver men? Just a couple of the men and they fire again and they start shooting guns again. But again, they're middle of nowhere. Cops didn't leave anybody there. Military didn't leave anybody there. So now it's two or three in the morning and they're back at it again until dawn when it's over. And they're finally trying to come to grips with what happened. And then another invasion happens. And that's the press. Okay, okay, wait, wait. Okay, so... They go to sleep. They get back to their house. All the kids, everybody goes their separate ways. They get all cuddled into bed. No air conditioning. All cuddled into bed. Um, and then who gets woken up to have these things? What is the story there? Geraldine, Ma, 
Moss supposedly saw it again, started screaming, saw it out the door again because she sleep slept on the chair in the living room. And so that's when they all woke up and started shooting again. And then they, do they say they just disappear? Like, how do they go away? They're shooting that's at them. They just stopped coming. They kept shooting and they kept bouncing back into the woods. And then finally they just stopped coming. They assumed they'd chased them off. Okay. So they, okay. That now, sucks. Okay. So the bullet, you know, now the press is there and they are swarming and they're interviewing everybody and they're making them take pictures of, you know, what happened and they're reenacting it for the cameras and all this. And now, so early attempts to rationalize it, right? Yeah. Is that all the adult witnesses were intoxicated at some some level, okay? Mm -hmm. The description of the goblins kind of matches great horned owls. Uh, they've got big eyes, they got big yellow eyes, they fly, they would fly around in circles if you shoot at them. Um, maybe they're silvery and don't make much noise. Because the way they were describing the legs were just these little spindles with no feet. So okay. maybe an owl. Um, there was a meteor shower that night. Uh, it is the Perseid meteor shower starts in August uh, and peaks around that time. But one of the newspaper guys hears about the green glow doesn't talk about that they're silver skinned. And he talks about, so he writes an article about little green men in silver spacesuits. So that's oh. what term we get from this is little green, green men. Green men. From little Mars. green men. Okay. Um, one of the newspapers called it, uh, one of the boys says they were flying, they must have been flying in those spaceships like a big tub carrying them. So they started being called the tub men uh, just to make the, family sound even more hick than they were you know and and then the crowds start showing up because the kelly little green men also known as the hopkinsville goblins or the kentucky tub men are now here to stay right okay uh, the newspaper the kentucky new era basically stayed in town taking photos of the town daily waiting for them to come back and people start lining up at their farm. They can't get any sleep. They can't do anything because people are just swarming their farm. They can't plant their farms. They can't plant their crops. They're losing crop money. They're losing everything. So they start charging because it's the only thing they can do to stay alive is they start charging 25 cents to view the pro you know, because people, they also didn't even have locks on their doors, right? This is middle of nowhere. So people would just walk into their house wow. and start taking pictures and start asking them questions. So they they literally put a sign up, quarter for tours, dollar for interviews, and $5 for pictures. And people are like, oh, they were just in it for money. Why would they do that? And, and then they quickly just got tired talking about it. So they were like, you know, we're tired of being ridiculed. So we're not going to talk about it anymore. We're just going to pretend it never happened. They even tried to move away shortly thereafter and they wouldn't talk about it. And it was decades before we start getting more encounter, close encounters. Like up to this point, remember there wasn't many aliens. There was spaceships, there was flying saucers. There was all that. We didn't really have 
close encounters of the first kind. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. We didn't have the third kind. We had the first and second kind, but we no, didn't have the third sense. kind. I, I think in a lot of people don't realize that close encounters of the third kind means actual interaction with That's another it. entity. Um, yeah. I do have a question though because these ships landed? Question mark. Did anybody go looking? Is there any reference to any of that before other things start happening? Yep. The uh, uh, military said there were no signs of any craft when they went to that valley where it supposedly landed. There was no signs of any disturbed anything, no radiation signs, no nothing. So there was well, no we sign also. I mean, I hate to say it, but we know the military is very good at pretending that uh, shit doesn't exactly, happen. Exactly. Exactly. So okay. now we come up to the 1970s, right? Okay. And now the tide is turning towards aliens, thanks to Close Encounters of the Third Kind and, and some other things like that and In Search Of and other things. So the family is now not as ridiculed. They're actually, people start to realize this is very similar to what people are saying with the gray aliens and stuff like that. And if you look at the Hopkinsville Goblin sketches, they had a couple of police artists sketch them out. It looks like a gray. Um, but with the yellow eyes is the only thing different. But then when you talk about her vision of it, you know, when she looked at it, she thought they were wearing like goggles. So imagine those big black eyes that we know of the gray aliens and the Roswell style aliens that we talk about. What if they're wearing goggles, night goggles of some sort, yellow goggles? Oh, wow. And then like the antenna may have been like part of the headset that they were wearing because this would have been early days of that stuff, right? That's what some of the modern theorists like to point out that maybe they were wearing equipment. And now the police chief at the time was a guy named Russell Greenwell. And he did interviews all the time about it. And he says, I don't know if there were little green men I do know that every time over the years that I interviewed Glennie Sutton, that this look of terror or horrendous fear would come over her eyes every time we discussed it. That look alone is something I cannot account for. And wow. Yeah. And now Geraldine, yeah, like I said, she's written her books. And her comment was, if this could happen on one small family farm in the middle of America, it could happen to anyone, anywhere. Um, now there have been other, you know, sightings in that area. There are also other ties to that time period. Um, we'll be talking about a lot of the UFO flap of, uh, the 1952 and some other things like that. We've already mentioned a little bit with our men in black and other things like that episode. This is, you know, this is one of those, a one-time event but it changed everything. It's why we yeah. use the term little green men. It's, you know, what do you think? What do I think? Well, okay. So we've discussed a lot on this show that I absolutely do not believe we're alone in the universe, right? And there have been many, and we haven't done a deep dive into aliens yet, really aliens. Yeah. But the... You know, people, I guess they call them the grays, are one of the most talked about aliens that are ever seen by people. And whether it's people just say it because they think that's what needs to be said, but that's also what people claimed crashed in Roswell was right. a flying saucer with little gray men. Yep. Right. Um, 
And, you know, when you, when you're retelling a story like that, I mean, we, we have talked about that maybe they didn't know about technology. Maybe the glowing green was a force field or something like that, or, or just lights so they could see by who the fuck right. knows who maybe knows? their headlamps you know yeah who, who knows we, we don't know what they you know they, i remember that was always one of the carl sagan's lines because he was a, you know, a believer in life out there but not necessarily that they'd come here but he was always like why do the ufos all have lights you know they can fly through deep space they don't need lights i'm like well some people do uh, now another theory that's popular on this was you know the meteor shower may have been coincidence because this is also on that wonderful mammoth cave fault line. Uh, oh. and so some people say these were critters from underneath that come up and that's why they look like you know, the Huntington hobgoblins or the, you know, some of the other cave creatures of the area. Maybe the UFO landed somewhere into a cave and this was a scout party coming out. And then other people say, you know, they were raising their hands. It wasn't like an attack gesture. Maybe it was the, I come in peace. And they just didn't understand. Well, uh, I think there definitely is a communication barrier. And, you know, I get why the instinct was to start shooting. Because we've all seen the movies when people don't start shooting too. You know? Yeah. And, um, I, you know, here's the thing. I never, especially, you know, you're talking about a family living in a rural farm that probably is not on mushrooms. No. in 1955 you know more than they saw it and i think it's very you know it's very possible i mean what they saw who knows right because yeah. we talk about that all the time do i think there are aliens yes do i think they can travel yes do i think they've traveled here i don't know there's a lot of you know, interesting things that leads one to believe that that could be the case, right? Yeah. Um, I don't have proof of it myself. I lived out in New Mexico, um, uh, right next to an Indian reservation for a very long time. And there are things I saw in the sky I can't explain mm -hmm. that moved in ways way back when I was just a wee tyke, a.k.a um the 80s early 80s that yeah. i absolutely cannot explain because it's not like modern day stuff where you could have it more you know things were zigzagging all over the sky and, and so dark sky territory so you know and that's us in west virginia and kentucky on the farm in kentucky we saw things i you know i assumed were like satellites or or very high planes and you know we're not too far off of wright patterson air force base we uh, we know they had aircraft fly over there but it was it was weird. I mean, it was stuff we couldn't explain either. And so, yeah, did that stuff happen? Now, I, I do remember, you, you know, you brought that up and I just remembered one of the interviews with one of the policemen was that the military said they hadn't found any evidence of the landing. But the night that they went to check, the mil those military police officers kept keeping the police away from the area they were investigating. And they wouldn't let the police investigate that area which where they thought the landing might have occurred. Well, and that's the thing is that now... You know, more and more um, things are being seen and things are being seen to camera and video that are not explained. Yeah. And, you know, I maybe there was an encounter. What I think is really interesting is that they kept coming. That's what's weird to me. Yeah. Like, that's the part that I go, 
why did they keep coming? Now, maybe they needed something. Maybe they needed help and they kept trying to get help and, you know, they just kept shooting at them. But that means they're really dumb aliens. Maybe they don't know what the guns are. They think it's some noisemaker or something because it's not hurting them. Maybe it's a parade welcoming them, you know. Um, um, also, yeah, now some people say the reason, you know, that, oh, oh suddenly when they, you know, after the police left, they came back and everybody started shooting again. Well, maybe that was to fix up inconsistencies in their stories because they said they'd shot for hours. But when the police came, they said they only found a few police, uh, you know, shell, shotgun casings and stuff. So maybe that's why they started shooting again. So there's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, debunkers and disbelievers with this case, but but can we also consider for the fact that guns were very different back then Yep. and shooting generally one or two shots with a shotgun, emptying it, refilling it. And also it wasn't like there was just necessarily ammunition. Sometimes they were making the ammunition as they went. Yep. So there are yeah, some things that would lend itself to quote unquote firing for hours is not like a fast and the furious action movie or something yeah. you know yeah it's and again you're more under siege tactics so you know minutes feel like hours too so you know it's um when you don't know what's around that corner it's well scary. that and if they're hitting them and they're going back in the forest it's not like they're zooming but it's not like this is a mario game where the thing keeps zooming back out at you it's gonna take its yeah. time because it doesn't sound like it was jet propulsion towards them and so, now for our travel gang. Uh, well, is, well, hold on. All right. Hold on. What do you think, Mark? Because you talked to her, right? Yes. I've interviewed so, her. Uh, you and, you uh, interviewed her, and we'll put a link to her book in the yeah. notes. Can we do yeah. that? She has a couple books, yeah. Um, yeah, but. And um, uh, now I, I talked to her um, some time ago, um, but she. You know, she won me over. I'll be honest. I thought this sounded a little fishy because of, you know, just the weirdness of it all. But looking back on it, you do realize, hey, this is kind of the same descriptions we get of a lot of alien abductions and a lot of the same stuff that's happened. And, you know, there could be missing time. There could be some things that don't add up and there's you know and the fact that they've stuck to that story for generations um is amazing to me and so i think i turned on this one i do think this happened i don't again i don't know what happened but uh something happened now the for our travel the town of kelly now embraces the history of this event right of course they do of course they do now for a long time it was this was you know what we talking about never happened so now considered this is you know the grandfather of close encounters right so in late august one second for those younger listeners that may not know this there was a movie with richard dreyfus called close encounters of the third kind that was done by steven spielberg and it's um, a movie about um, aliens coming to Earth and not like Independence Day or one of these like scary ones. This was aliens coming to Earth and first contact and how they go about doing first contact. And that's all I'm going to reveal about it, not to give away more than that. But if you get a chance, some of the special effects are a little, little old school Flash Gordon-y. And for those that understand that, we'll get yeah. that joke. But 
Um, it is a very good movie and it has a kind of um, amazing plot and take on how we as humans would approach interacting with aliens for the first time. So check out that movie and talk about the travel. Sorry, Mark. And, I wanted to make sure everybody make knew. you really appreciate your mashed potatoes all the time. Uh, but um, uh, no spoilers. But uh, so, yeah, in late August, and it started with the 50th anniversary and it's been going yearly since, although they did break for pandemic. Uh, they do the Kelly Little Green Man Days Festival and it's got live music. It's got arts. It's got crafts. It's got kinds of you know fun uh, activities. And they basically are celebrating the town's alien history. And I think it's because they saw the Roswell Festival and the Mothman Festival and said, hey, we, we need some of that. So um, the the event has occurred, you know, nearly every year, like I said, and it's it's a blast. I love it. Uh, we will not be there, sadly, this year, but in a future year, if they want us there, you know, hey, Green Man Days, let us yeah. know. We'd love to be there. So um, hit us up. We would love to do a live Green Men coming to get us Erie Travels episode. Yes. And if you want to see us live, uh, the places we have been booked, go to the yeah. Erie Travels website and, and look out for us. And if you want weird stories like that Paranormality Magazine story, our wonderful friends at ParanormalityMag.com, go there, get the news, but you can also order a digital subscription or any of their merch and get 10% off using the code TRAVELS. And yeah. let them know we sent you. And yes. oh my gosh, I think, yo, and then like I said, if you want us at an event coming up, let us know. Plus, we want your listener tales. If you had an incident of something like this that happened to you and your family and you don't want it lost to history, let us know. You know, we'd love to hear your story and send, drop us a line at eerietravels.com. Yeah, no, and just listener tales out there, regardless of whether or not we can confirm something you're saying, we understand and perception is reality and that's the truth. And we'd love to share what your perception was. And you can, of course, you don't have to include your name if you don't want to. You can call yourself Mr. X or whatever you'd like to make a fun nickname. It's always fun to make up your own nicknames because sometimes the ones we're given aren't nearly as cool. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, but uh, but thank you all so much for joining us. And on that little trip to Hopkinsville, I'm sure we'll be visiting there again soon because there's there's more to tell there at some point. Uh, but uh, thank you all so much for listening. Keep watching the skies and we'll see you on the other side.